At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. All right, welcome to our show today. Welcome to the Author Brand Show. I'm your host, Doug Crow, and you're going to want to take notes today. I've got an amazing guest on. Um, her bio is unlike anything I've ever written, written or read my entire life. She is a ghostwriter, and she lives in beautiful Washington State on the sunny side of the mountains um, with three cats, two dogs, five goats, a pair of ducks, and too many chickens. Well, it's possible to have too many chickens. We'll talk about that. And her husband, of course. So welcome to the show today, my good friend and ghostwriter extraordinaire, Laura Fox. Laura, how are you today? I'm good, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. So we want to get a little background on who you are and and uh, you know the ghostwriting process for you. But before we do, I want to give people a reason to stick around. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure what's like in, in your world, but a lot of times people come to us and say, "Well, you know, I don't want to someone else write my book. I've got to write it myself." And uh, a couple of the answers we give are, "Well, are you a good writer?" <laughs> oh, I've written blog posts before, but Holding someone's attention span for four to six hours takes a different kind of skill set. Don't you agree? Yes, it absolutely does. Yeah. What's the what's the biggest the biggest reason people should consider a ghostwriter like yourself versus writing it themselves, in your opinion? Um yeah, well, the back to the question about how they want it to sound like them. Yeah. Like when you're writing, it doesn't sound like when somebody is talking. Um, the organization, the, the information has to be organized differently, you know, and you, like you said, you have to be able to hold their attention just through the right. words on the page. There's no yeah. body language. There's no in inflection in the voice. So right. it really has to be different from mm -hmm. when someone is speaking. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. We do not read the way we listen. It's a very different, uh, thing. And I do hear the yeah. chickens in the background. So that's wonderful. <laughs> I love that. I love the country feel there. <laughs> I so, told you um, there's too many. <laughs> what the details and nuances of writing and, and capturing a person's voice and style in a minute. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about you. How'd you get involved or how'd you get started as a ghostwriter? Well, I've I've always loved writing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always been kind of shy about it. Um, when I was in my 20s, I wrote a lot of short stories and I would yeah. send them out to zines and literary journals and things like that. And mm -hmm. I always used various pen names. Um and then uh as the internet came along, um, I started finding ways to work online and, and writing, obviously right. became a convenient way to do that. I just wrote resumes for years. Right. Um, and then I started doing some freelance editing work and I had someone ask me to edit her book. Um, but what she gave me was, you know, it was just like a pile of notes that hadn't been written up yet. Yeah. It reminded me of when I was in grad school and at the end of the course, I would take all my notes and gather them in a big pile and then sit down right. to write the paper. And it was so much fun for me. I know not for most people, but I love right. it. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that's what it was like. You know, it was just like this pile of notes. And I I said to her, well, do you want me to just write this? And, and she said, yeah, that would be great. So I really enjoyed, you know, doing someone else's writing and doing uh -huh. it anonymously. It was It was just a lot of fun to play around with. Yeah, and it dawned on me like, oh, this is ghost writing. Mm -hmm. So ghost writing, it actually is a real thing, you yeah. know. And it was so much fun. I just decided to find more projects like that to do. <laughs> I love it. 
So that's it's a it's a very interesting skill set, that's for sure, because you got to mirror someone's voice, still make it interesting, or as we discussed, more interesting than they might sound. Mm -hmm. um, what's the um, the most difficult client you've had to work with? What was the biggest challenge you had? Oh my goodness! <laughs> it is... we'll, keep it, we'll keep it anonymous, but I want to <laughs> I want to know as a horse. Challenging story. though. Yeah. Yeah, man, I could tell you some stories. Um. We're storytellers. Let's hear one. <laughs> I had one client who was like, you know, she asked me to put anecdotes into her book sure. to illustrate the point, and th which is a great strategy. You definitely should do that. Mm -hmm. And so I gave it to her and she was like, this is too good. People are going to know I didn't write this myself. You have to. <laughs> oh <my laughs> like... <laughs> too good. Please make it dumb. Please dumb it I down. I mean, she was. She was terrified that people would find out that she didn't do her own writing. But yeah. I mean, you don't build your own house. You don't sew your own clothes. Oh. These are skills that not everybody has. Why should you have to do your own writing, right? Just tell her you I mean, you've got a good editor. It's, your, it's her ideas and stuff. It's her notes, I'm sure, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like, there are people who are just so in love with cliches. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's okay. So we can, we can work them in, in a way that, you know, that kind of works, but, uh -huh. um, yeah, the same author again, Go ahead. <laughs> she was adamant about including all these cliches in her, in her book. And I kept telling her, you, you know, what, what's going to make this book good is that it's you. It's got to be your yeah. own thoughts. She went to a book convention and there was a similar book to hers. And yeah. she was convinced that the guy had stolen her material. She was like, does he really think he came up with what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas? <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> oh my. Oh and my. Then I, I think Kelly Savalas is the one who actually coined the phrase, right? Vegas, baby. I don't know, oh my but gosh. Yeah, I I realized something that I need to do as a ghostwriter is I really need to kind of establish my authority so that I can tell people, yeah, you know, this is what you need to do. This is how your your book, you know, yeah. so that people will take my advice instead of like. <laughs> It's a, it's a fine line, right? Because we yeah. have we have experience and opinions, and so do they. Mm -hmm. They hire us for a reason, right? They hire yeah. us to write because either they don't have the time, skill, or team to pull it off. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they start second guessing, you know, small things, sure, I'll change the name, I'll restructure this content. But when yeah. it comes to making the story interesting, please trust us. We know how to tell yeah. the story. You know? <laughs> yeah. My yeah. Gosh. What was the most interesting topic or client you got a chance to work with? Um, well, um, let's see. I don't want to give too much away about the projects. Because it's a ghost. Um, it's okay. You tell me in gen general terms what type of okay. topic it was, what that's fine. There's a book about crying. I'm sorry, about what? Crying. Crying? Mm-hmm. Like boohoo? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it about that that was interesting to you? What what made it like fascinating? Well, it's um, I'm an anthropologist actually, so <laughs> so it it was interesting to look at it as an anthropologist and think about like 
how how it's different in various cultures, how right. people have different attitudes about crying, crying in public, crying in private. Sure. And and then like the whole health benefits associated with crying. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think there's actually been like a little fad in, in Japan where people would cry for health. Like they would go into crying rooms and watch sad movies and make themselves cry as a way to relieve stress. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Was there any parts of the book that made you cry? No. Or the reader cry? I I hope so, but I don't know. I guess I don't cry that easily. <laughs> You're a stoic. How many chickens do you have there to keep you keep you solid in the, in the entrenched in the farm? That's probably what made you start stoic, huh? Yeah. Um, well, they're bantams. So they're really good at hiding their eggs and they uh. are extremely maternal. I've had a chicken raise ducks. So their population has kind of exploded this year because <laughs> they hit a whole bunch of eggs. And now, like every time I count, there's at least 12 roosters. Oh my gosh. So I've been giving them away. Uh huh. Well, if I, was, yeah. if, I was, if I was closer by, we'd take a couple off your hands, but I guess. Yeah. Why, a making hard. a lot of soup. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right, mm -hmm. so back to books. I just like the chicken thing. I said, like, you know, dogs and cats and chickens. Um, mm -hmm. All right, so we've got so crying. That's a very interesting topic. Um, when you work with a client, um, what kind of, what's your, can you describe your process, how you gather the information, or do you do interviews? There's all written. How do you, how do you work as a ghostwriter? Um, yeah, a lot of the clients that I work with are coaches, teachers, mm -hmm. you know, people that are, are practicing something. And so they've yeah. got a lot of course material. Um, mm -hmm. They've got videos, um, podcasts, you know, and so they give me all this material mm -hmm. to turn into a book for them. Uh, right. But it really does take more than that. It takes interviews because yep. when you're um, doing courses and things like that, mm -hmm. there's a focus on like <laughs> fly. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a focus on really how to do something it's practical sure. knowledge that you put into a course mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then when you're writing a book you have the opportunity to go a lot deeper and go into your whole philosophy and background you know you can actually change somebody's perspective in a book mm, um, right. whereas in an online course you don't really have room to do that right um so it really does go beyond um, those materials it'd be nice if i could just take all that material and turn it into yeah. a book and it would be hands-on for or hands off for the author, but um, yeah. they've got to be involved. So right. um, I always ask for interviews at least once a week. Mm -hmm. An interview per chapter is like an hour and a half. Yeah, same here. Okay. Um, when it comes to um, getting people to understand the, the role of a ghostwriter and the benefits of it, obviously there's um, you know different flavors and all this stuff. We've been doing it for a number of years, and so have you. Is there a certain type of um i don't know personality or filter you you like to work with the best what's the easiest type of person to work with not the content but their personality or you know um yeah i i like working with people who have a positive outlook yeah um people who are creative because mm -hmm. it's a collaboration and it's really fun to get creative with someone else yep yeah it's positive and creative that's good um, mm -hmm. what about, what about, um, I'm loading this up here now. What about, is there a, ter a type of person or industry you don't like working with? Um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm really focused on working with people who have like a message um, yeah, that they right. want to shoot. So um, I like working in the spiritual genres uh -huh. and health. I've worked with a couple of functional medicine doctors. Nice. And uh, and those are those are a lot of fun. Yeah. But, yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. People this, are maybe... doing some kind of service. They have some mm -hmm. kind of perspective that's pretty unique. Right. Yeah. We um we we're very aligned with that way. We um my my coach was listening listening to some of my sales calls on with clients, and uh, he listened to two of them. He goes, well, you know, this one you talked to, you were excited and enthused. It seemed to go really well, and you both had a good time. I listened to your energy there. The second call, you were kind of cold or disinterested in this person. What happened with that one? I said, oh, that guy. Yeah, it was just about himself. He just talked about himself for a whole hour. It was very mm -hmm. ego-based. And he said, why did you bother talking to him? Well, people call me, want to do a book. I want to talk to him because stop talking to people you don't want to work with. Mm -hmm. And I said, Wes, that, that's like 30% of our calls are like that. That's like a lot of business I'll be turning away. He says, you're not getting the business anyway. Just stop talking to him. <laughs> So I cut my call volume down by 30%, right? And I'm like only talking to people, like you say, they have something to give back to the world, make it a better place, uh, something that's, you know, of value. Mm -hmm. Calls dropped by 30%. Business revenue went up 300% that year. Nice. Because we just focused on authors who are going to make a difference in the world, period. Yeah. yeah. Not even political. It's like whatever you're, whatever, I don't care about your spectrum. All I want is you're going to, Write something which is going to serve humanity, whether it's a community or the world. I don't care, but do something. And a lot of them are business books, but these people are like our clients. You know, they're business leaders that want to give back. They've made their money. They're happy. They want to leave a legacy. They want to do something interesting to to further their cause, whatnot. That's that's turns us on, makes it more interesting as ghostwriters to write about something we know that's going to, you know, make an impact, I guess. Mm -hmm. It gets out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, was there ever a time that you looked at a project and turned it down like I have, or you just take them when they, as they come or. Um, definitely in the early days, there are some that I should yeah. have turned down. <laughs> we all have that. That's okay. We're starting out. Yeah. 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 I've, I don't know if I've ever had the nerve to say, well, no, actually I did. I did Good. turn, I turned yeah. one down and it was, it was one where it was very clear that the author didn't have time to work with me on their book and right. they weren't going to make the time. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I turned that down. Right. That's, that's smart. I've, um, we, we will talking more cause I've, I've been, uh, we did a bunch of books in the health space years ago and the higher we went up the food chain and got people with more success, the harder it seemed to get in medical and the easier it got in like tech and business leadership. They're really easy to work with these guys who are, mega successful but mm -hmm. in the health space i've had a bunch of uh you know physicians start their books and then they just quit or they don't you know they think they know everything and it's like eh. functional mm -hmm. medicine a little different but the actual straight up you know surgeons and and those guys mm -hmm. not had, i've not had good uh alignment with them on getting getting it done because we have to you know obviously it's their content but we want to make sure it, it reads well yeah. And one guy asked me once, Laura, he said, do you have any, any medical writers, ghost, medical ghost writers? You know, I'm like, yeah, I've got a couple of them. I'm not going to use them for your book. He said, why? <laughs> I said, because you'll bore them to death. It's not an academic book. We don't do those. We, we can, I can turn you on to somebody who does 
technical books, but ugh, boring. I want books that are have good stories in there and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you're a physician listening to this, call Laura. Don't call me. <laughs> well, uh, no, it, I mean, it really has to be focused on the reader. You got to know who your reader is right, and right. how much technical information they mm -hmm. want to wade through. You know, yeah. like sometimes with doctors, you know, they they have all this stuff that they studied and they yeah. want to put it in their book. And it's like, who are you really writing this for? You know, yeah. your professors aren't going to read it. That's right. <laughs> Your I reader a, doesn't care. I had a therapist once who had a lot of degrees. His initials were like, his initials are longer than his name. And I, he's a very learned man, right? Very smart, uh, multiple degree. And uh, I'm talking about doing his book. I said, well, keep in mind, we're going to write this for the fourth grade level. He's like, what? <laughs> my my peers will think I'm an idiot. I said, are you writing it for them or for to get new clients? Well, for new clients, but they're still going to read it. I'm like, all right, for you, I'll upgrade to the fifth grade level. That's it. <laughs> it was kind of a joke, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you get too technical, you might sound smart, but you're turning people off who, you know, just want to get the, just want to be entertained, informed, and get some benefit yeah. out of your book, right? The people that the book is actually for. Yeah. 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 What's your typical timeline? How long does it take you to do this when you get, if someone sub submitted all the materials and doing a, a weekly interview with you? What's a typical turnaround on writing a book for somebody? Um, ideally, it's a chapter per week mm -hmm. to go through the first draft. Mm -hmm. And then once that's complete, then we have some time where we go over and make changes and move things around and right. do all that stuff. Um, but um, yeah, just getting like the first draft complete is, I like to go a chapter a week. And it seems like that's the pace that most of my clients can keep up sure. with. So you interview on a Monday and then deliver it the following Monday. Here's your first chapter. Let's do another interview or what's the, how's the process work for you? Um, usually something like interview on Monday, I might give it to them on Thursday or Friday. They read it over the weekend and then we have the next interview on Monday. Nice. So you get the whole book done in seven, eight weeks, something like that, or. Yeah. If it's an eight chapter book. Yeah. Okay. And do you do like formatting and layout and all that stuff as well, or just get the manuscript and let them handle the technical side? I do not do all that stuff. Okay. Um, but a lot of people ask, so I'm networking with people who do, and then I can just right. hand the project off to the yeah. person who does the layout and formatting. Right. And stuff. Right. So you just focus on editing. I love that. Yeah. Well, how many cl clients do you typically take on a year? Is it just one at a time when you're focused, or you do multiple at the same time, or? Um, I can do two at a time usually. Mm -hmm. And it's it's because people take breaks, you know, life happens, things come up yeah. and without notice. And then I'm, you know, without a project. So I like to keep a couple going at a time. Yeah. Our, we have a, so a couple staff writers and our lead guy has got like five books right now. I'm like, you need to get prioritize those every single day is what he's what he's working on. But it keeps his brain um, sharp. If you ever get like after several weeks, you're like, your energy drops because you're kind of tired of the topic or or not? Um, I find that if my energy drops, I'm getting tired of the topic. Yeah. It's because we've lost focus on the reader. Mm. Um, it's so important to think about the person who's going to receive this and how right. they're, how they're, you know, I'm always thinking about the reader, what questions are coming up in their mind. Yeah. What are they going to want to know? What do they need yeah. to know? And if I lose sight of that, then what's the point? Right.
Yeah, right. It gets dull. What's the um? Do you have like a typical um? I don't know, like a, a checklist or a process you do when you're when you're talking or actually interviewing your clients before they hire you? Like, a, here's some seven things to look for or a process. Um. Gosh, that's a good idea. Um. I haven't really like listed it out. I kind of go by the feels like. Yeah. <laughs> Does this, does this project excite me? Is the person somebody that I feel really good about working with? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do they seem like they have the time and the motivation to carry it through? Yeah. Yeah. I've had a few people just abruptly stop and never come back. I'm like, well, I'm still here going to finish up, but they, people sometimes quit things, I guess. That hasn't really happened to me too uh, much. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, it goes back to my my doctor thing. Maybe that's why I was sending to you. <laughs> the two two recent ones I thought of were yeah they just they just flaked out. Um, um yeah interesting stuff. Um how do people get a hold if they wanna they wanna hire a ghostwriter? Laura, what are they, what's your contact? How do they get a hold of you? Um well my website is gurusghost.com. Mm -hmm. Guru Ghost G U R U G H O S T dot com is that right? Oh it's a gurus. The Guru's Ghost, gurus. but without, yeah, Guru's Ghost. It's right here in the chat below, folks. Just don't listen to what I'm saying. I've got it right here below. I got a um, show notes and her contact information there. So please um, reach out to Laura or myself. When either of us can help you do your book. But today is Laura's turn to to shine. So we want to showcase her. Um, so your favorite book was a crying book. Did you have one that uh, we won't talk about names, but you have one that you're like not not happy with that you still had to finish up anyway. Um, well, there was one that was like, it was really rushed. Yeah. And, um, the author, um, he had a launch date mm -hmm. and he had his promotions all lined up so he could yeah. not miss, miss the launch date, but he didn't contact me until like four weeks before that date. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like at that time you should be sending it to the editor. Yeah. Well, he completely skipped any kind of editing because Edit there was proof, layout design there's a bunch of functions got to happen there none of that happened he just uploaded it on amazon so i mean we were both frantically working like i started the first chapter he started the last chapter and we worked our way toward the middle and <laughs> <laughs> and you know he got the amazon bestseller status because he did the whole right yeah but it could have been so much better if we'd taken the time that's that's a good takeaway to finish up this conversation today, Laura. I'm glad you brought that up because speed is the enemy of quality when it comes to writing. It's certainly um, you can certainly keep a, some kind of pace, which you obviously have a great pace with your weekly program. But if people take breaks, they take time off. Uh, getting that momentum back is important. Um, but man, if you push pushing creativity for you know for, if with with speed, it's rarely going to turn out better when it comes to a book, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I know some people yeah. work better under pressure, but all the writers I know, no, it's not going to go better because you're in a hurry. So. Mm -hmm. The creative process takes time. Right. And it also takes downtime. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I sometimes uh, my wife and I are just sitting around and, uh, you know, taking a walk or thinking, but we're working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're thinking, oh, I could weave that story and, you know, maybe do a time time travel thing and start with big and, you know, put, move things around a little bit. There are things you can do in the creative process, which you're right. Not always in front of the computer. Sometimes you're in a shower or taking a walk, right? It comes to you. Yeah. yeah. 
there's yeah. something about physical activity, I think, because there have been so many times when I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to bring all this together. I'll right. go take a walk. Mm -hmm. And then when I come back from my walk, sit down on the computer, you know, it yeah. just, there it is. Blows. It's amazing. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Well, Laura, it's great to have you on the show today. Really appreciate it. Um, folks, check her out. She's got a great system there and she's a wonderful writer. Um, and Laura, appreciate having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Doug. You bet. And that wraps up another episode of the Author Brand Show. You're going to want to take notes. If you didn't take notes, they're right below here. Just click, sign up, get your notes, contact Laura, and have a great day. Have a, uh, hope we see you next time. Thanks.